Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Hi everyone, welcome to the third season of the Shah Herald Nightlife. It's been a while and uh, it's very exciting, you know, we finally found the time to look at the whole schedule again and find that, you know, tonight we're going to do this revert story and then next week a break and the week after we'll have something like uh, Muslim La. We call, it, we call it Muslim La where we're going to discuss about like, you know, Tawheed and then we just discuss among Muslims, right? What is Tawheed and what we think about it. And then we go for a break. So we'll do a break as an interval in between each topic. Well, today it's the first episode of season three and the title is Former Christian Slovak, um, then became atheist and then found truth and purpose in Islam, eventually came to embrace Islam. So, mashallah, we are so interested to hear his story. And tonight for the panelists we have here... Okay, hang on a minute. Let me bring it up. Okay, we have here uh, on the top, we have Sister Rizi, <laughs> all the way from Toronto. Salam alaikum, sister. Waalaikum salam. How are you? It's so early here. It's 8.30 a.m. 8.30 a.m. in uh, mm -hmm. Toronto. Yeah, it's been a while since we've spoken. And how are you doing? I'm good. Toronto? I almost missed this live. So I, like, I just woke up just in time. And I'm, I'm like, what do I need to do today again? Oh, yeah, I need to go on the live. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while and everyone mm -hmm. has been uh, well, looking forward to this as well. So inshallah, we hope you give them a good show as well. Um, and uh, we're we glad to have you back on the live stream. Okay, so next, we'll, we'll, we'll have also this uh, brother Iskandar all the way from the Netherlands. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. It's winter over there, right? Also in Netherlands and uh, in Toronto, I think all in the West is now winter, right? It's winter season right now over there. Yeah, actually, it's a national holiday in uh, in, uh, in the Netherlands. It's uh, Sinterklaas, Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. Fifth of December. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm. I, I I can't remember what the significance of that though. Uh, <laughs> it's controversial since they do blackface on this day, but it's not important. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 And and what are you drinking right now? What's that tea? Is that special tea? That's or? not whiskey. That's just tea. Tea. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, okay. wait, no, it's, it's just, you know, tea. <laughs> okay, tea. Okay, good. Okay, great. Glad to have you back on the live stream, brother. And it's been like three months. Finally, we get to see each other again on the live. Okay, and without much further ado, tonight, the person who's going to share a story is brother Yan. Do check out his channel. You know, it's called Debating Truth with Yan. You can check it out on Instagram as well. He's on Instagram. So he has a few podcasts. You can you can have a look at those. Um, If you need the name, we'll put it up on the comment section later and you can have a look. So... Thanks, brother Yan, for coming here. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. Yeah. So, without much further ado, just on a quick question, you know, what is uh, Slovakia all about? You know, the place, the culture. Oh, I'm, I'm all the way from Southeast Asia. So, you know, we have just one type of climate, which is sun and rain, I think. Yeah, that's all we have. We don't that's have good. winter here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we our, our people here you know, are usually working very hard. We, we work from nine to six at least every day. Um, but for you in Slovakia, how is it like the culture over there? We're curious to know. Yeah, so we have four seasons. I think it's uh, similar to what you have in the US. Um, we're in the Central Europe. So yeah, typical four seasons. Now it's winter. It gets dark in like one hour. Um, in terms of culture, basically Slovakia is a Christian country. About 70, 80% are Christian. On paper, I mean, to be honest, not many. It is difficult nowadays to say like it's a Christian country because like even Netherlands is technically Christian country or like all these places in Europe. But in reality, uh, there's uh, 
very much except Christmas and going to church when you get married, you don't really go to church. So how Christian are you, you know? So uh, on mm -hmm. paper, yes, we're Christian and uh, we have about 5 million people. So we're a very small country, part of EU. We have Euro. Uh, we've been, you know, we had quite a difficult history. Uh, so, but now we're sort of technically part of the West. Uh, we had, uh, there was a one country before it was Czechoslovakia. So I live in Czech Republic. I don't live in Slovakia, uh, but mm -hmm. I am from Slovakia and I do mm -hmm. plan to move there, but, uh, I live in Prague, which is the capital of Czech Republic. So mm -hmm. it's very similar countries. It's just the Czechs are atheistic. Uh, they don't really believe in any God This is like the lowest, mm -hmm. uh, in the whole Europe. So, uh, mm -hmm. otherwise pretty standard country. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, uh, from your biography that you shared with us, right? We all we understand is you were first uh, born a Christian, and afterwards, you know, you became an atheist. How did that happen? Well, I didn't have a choice, right? You're born Christian, you get baptized when you're born. So, I was born, and I didn't have a choice but uh, just to be Christian. But yeah, I was actually helping the uh, the you know priests in the church. I was one of the altar boys. I was like very much involved in the Christian religion early on like my family was all christian they raised me like catholic you know that's kind of my uh my background uh but it's typical here like you get to the age of 15 you know you start questioning what you believe or whatever the church is saying and if you don't receive the answers you just let it go so that's it's actually not that weird this is like very this has happened to all my classmates and everyone i know everyone at the age of 15 or 16 left the church or left uh, any sort of belief they had. And technically, they are still Christian. They go there when they have to get wedding, but they don't believe in God. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in anything, but they are Christian. They say they are Christian. So oh. that's kind of what happened. Like, it's very typical. You know, this is like secularism in Europe, right? Mm -hmm. it's, uh, this, this is what happens. Yeah. I see. So uh, you don't get a lot of Muslims in Slovakia or any other religions besides Christianity. Do they have not really oh okay, okay no nothing nothing uh no muslims definitely uh, slovakia oh. is actually the only country in europe which banned islam as an official religion so it's not even possible mm. to be a muslim officially well you can you can say you're a muslim but you can't build a mosque you will not receive state donations you can't build a school nothing it's prohibited so you can just say you're a muslim but you can't do much <laughs> there's oh. for, there's maybe one halal shop or two halal shops very okay. limited so oh. yeah not very friendly <laughs> i see so yeah. what what's the national discourse or what's the like the how do they talk about islam on the news in uh, slovakia like is it yeah uh, it's not pretty okay <laughs> yeah it's uh yeah i mean it's uh, islam is e equal to terrorism so that's kind of the narrative here um we have some political parties which are like very Islamophobic and you know if a woman wears a hijab they have a like I don't look Muslim right so you can't like say hey this guy's Muslim but uh, so I can kind of blend in but if a girl puts on a hijab that's gonna be kind of an issue maybe in some in some parts of the country but um, yeah it really depends it's not yeah it's it's not it's not very easy I would say yeah I see so in terms of like finding a job and all that, if you wear a hijab, it would be hard for you. Oh, right? it's not possible. It's, I don't think you would find a job. Maybe you would, but it's it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there there could be some option, but it would be definitely limited. I mean, what you can I do. Yeah. 
I see. So, okay, why, why are most people there, like, you know, by name, they are Christians in the sense that they just do the traditional thing and why do they uh, follow that way instead of just becoming free-spirited human beings and, you know, just without a religion then? You mean like <laughs> completely abandoning Christianity yeah, and just yeah. being like so atheist? What, yeah. Yeah. I, be, I think it's like embedded in our culture, Christianity, mm. like everywhere you go is Jesus on the cross, everywhere here. So we are like the the most one of the most Christian nations in Europe. So uh, yeah, nobody really follows it, but it's part of the culture. Everywhere are crosses, everywhere you see Jesus. Everywhere um, people people actually in Slovakia they tend to go to church more than many other European countries, uh, and people will definitely believe in God. Like they believe in God, they see problems with Christianity, but they just opt in for it. So it's not like you would convince them for atheism quickly, let's say, as maybe some other Europeans. So they have this natural inclination to believe in God here, people. And it's because the country has mountains and it's like very remote. So people have to hold on to faith or something for survival. So it's like in blood to believe in something. You can't just believe in nothing. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, go- it's going that way for sure. I mean, in a couple of years, it's going to be, uh, yeah. I think atheistic mm. <laughs> mostly but uh I, I believe that you know there's something beautiful about christianity as well which uh, kept you going for at least 15 years so during your time as a, a christian did you like do more research on it did you um ask the priest you know what were you believing in and how did that eventually got you more curious about religion or not or you know became an atheist after that how how did that transition happen yeah, I was never curious about religion. To me, it was all made up. I never believed in it, to be honest. So I was, I just saw the issues with Trinity. I saw the issues with just going to ask the priest to forgive my sins. And, you know, all these things like, ah, this, is, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do it. So I just, I never looked for religion. I, I thought all religions are a scam. And so I, I just kind of, that was my, my idea. Uh, and as a Christian, I wasn't, really a devout christian uh, you know what are the obligatory prayers what do you do you do nothing as a christian basically you just live your life you go to church on sunday that's all you do that's your only prayer sometimes you pray when you feel like you're lost but otherwise you don't have a connection to god at all there's no connection you have because you have to go to priest to forgive your sins so there's there's like all these barriers (laughs) to connect you with the you know god so it's very difficult to even have faith as a Christian, except to like blindly following whatever you're told. That's I just thought saw these problems, but yeah. I so see. yeah. So so that was the reason why you became an atheist after that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, it, you can just look at the Christian history or like see how the you know like Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. Everyone knows this, but everyone celebrates this still. Nobody cares. So it's just like all these things, I can't just ignore them. I can't just say, okay, I'm just going to forget about it. Like there's a clear contradiction. Like how can I believe in something which is not true? Like, and it's objectively not true. It's not even just like me saying it, you know? So there's all these things in Christianity and also the authors of the Bible and the gospels, like many of them are anonymous. This is very well known. You can look it up on different books were written on the gospel of john and all these things they were not written by john these were not written by these people um so you can just say like who wrote these things like no one knows you know what actually jesus said like no one knows there's no hadith science there's nothing so 
you know, just all of these things you can see like, okay, it's a man-made religion. There's some truth in it, but I don't know. I don't believe the church. I don't believe in these things because this is, this is institutionalized. This is like something a man created, but I don't know what's the truth. So yeah, you can just see yeah. these things and you can't believe in it, to be honest. Like if you use your brain, <laughs> like just <laughs> slightly, you, you will see these things and I don't know, you but, can ignore I them. As a, as a Muslim, you believe in Jesus, right? Well, I believe he, he lived, he, he, he was on the earth and he's uh, one of the prophets. Yeah, I believe in him. But yes. I don't think he was God, of course. So, so when you believe him as a prophet, so is that the, is that the di difference between Islam and Christianity in your opinion? Uh, are there very big differences between Islam and Christianity when you did your research? Well, this is just one, but this is not the main reason, right? There's many differences. I mean, there's, there's a ton of difference just looking at Islam as a comprehensive way of life. Imagine how, how do you have a successful marriage as a Christian? Is there a book on that? No. In Islam, there's plenty of books. There's plenty of rules. There's plenty of rights of a woman. There's no right of a woman in Christianity. There's no right of a man. Because in Islam, you have judiciary system. You have Sharia. You have all these things laid out. You have you have clear rulings on different things in society. Uh, prohibition of riba, prohibition of interests. You have banking system. Uh, you have a military law. You have economics. All these things are uh, how to get, um, uh, you know, what to do if I want to marry someone, how to do the uh, uh, the, the mahr, and what, how, how should that look like if she uh, divorces me. Like all these rules are laid out. It's very detailed in every aspect of your life. And Christianity doesn't have nothing of this, nothing except like, uh, you know, the faith, let's say, but except all these things in life, it doesn't, it kind of lets it free. So as a Christian, you don't know what's it like to have a successful, successful marriage. There's no book on it. It's just like, well, just be good and nice to your wife. Okay. But what do we do if we need to get divorced or what happens if I, if somebody dies and I need to inherit the money or how do we split it? You know, all these things are like unclear. Um, so that's one big difference. And then, of course, Quran, second difference, you know, the, the <laughs> preservation, the science of hadiths. Uh, you know, there's so many differences, you know, it's a, it's a different, different world. But yeah, Jesus is one of the key things for Christians. It wasn't key for me. I didn't, I didn't really, I was an atheist at that point. So it wasn't really important to me anything with regards to Jesus, but all these other things made sense. Also that, that there's no clash between science and Islam. There's no need for reformation as Christianity had because Christianity needed to reform because there was a, a clash between uh, the state law and the religion because there was clear scientific problems that uh, like uh, the earth is this much long or the evolution that we don't believe in it, like all these things. You know, in Islam, you don't have this. You don't have this scientific issue. Islam actually promotes science. Islam actually created algorithms. Islam actually created all these things. Uh, so, yeah, it's just another difference. Like, true religion doesn't go against science. Like, that, that makes sense. Um, but, of course, it's not scientific per se. Like, Quran is not a scientific book, but it doesn't go against science. So that's uh, another big difference. And then, of course, it just that it makes sense of all the previous religions, all the prophets, you know, and just tracks it down to the whole history and uh, yeah Mashallah, <laughs> so many 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 things i can talk about here you know yeah. yeah you make you make a lot of interesting points but it's also interesting like you sort of went from christianity to atheism 
or like it was like a natural progression, which is very yeah. common in Europe, I think, uh, including in the Netherlands. It's very easy for people to lose their faith once they become teenagers because it's normal actually to do that. But um, so you said you went from Christianity to atheism and then to Islam, I, I assume. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that Christianity or your Christian background as, as a child had an influence in um, in your accepting of Islam? I don't know, because uh, when you say faith, it's very different in Islam versus Christianity. As a Christian, you have sort of blind faith. You need to believe in something, even though it kind of creates a lot of issues. You don't really want to like believe. It's, it's kind of like blind faith. Uh, and in Islam, I don't think I have faith. I know this is truth. Like, I, don't, I don't even question it. Mm -hmm. There's so much evidence and there's uh, so many, you know, I looked up all the ex-Muslims, every argument you can think about, and all these are pointless usually, or they can be explained. Um, and so majority, yeah, I think like faith in Islam, plus you pray five times a day, um, it's different level. It's completely different way. That's why also, uh, yeah, Tawheed, like complete game changer, right? So all these things, I think as a Muslim has a completely different faith than a Christian. And uh, so I don't think it played that big overall. I don't think it did at maybe mm -hmm. 5%, <laughs> but I, I, I think I was completely out of religion. I wasn't even believing in any God or anything. I was actually making fun of people who do that, or I was just completely nihilistic atheist. So imagine like the worst type of an atheist, like, uh, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's what, that's what I was. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Brother Iskander was also previously an atheist, so I think that's where he can connect. Okay. I mean, I, I, I went there somehow because I, I studied philosophy and I studied Nietzsche and yeah, it got me well, yeah. into those, <laughs> those type of realms. Yeah, so yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but Sister Reese, you have a question on priests and forgiving sins, right, Sister? You wanted to ask? Yeah, uh, I have a question about, you know, priests and islam i mean not islam in christianity and yeah. like um you know i guess like forgiveness and like sins repenting in islam i remember once um i went into a church before i was muslim and i just walked in because there was like this lineup for confession and mm -hmm. you know i wanted to confess because i thought it was a cool experience because everyone's lining up and i'm like oh i get to go in that cool little room and then there's like a person behind and i get to talk to him that's so cool and you don't even know who he is because you can't see him right and I'm like, oh, that's so fun. And when it was like my turn, um, they asked me if I was baptized. And I said, no. And they, they told me to kind of like leave. And I'm like, oh, because I, I guess you have to be baptized to, to, like, to go in. And yeah, you know, that's kind of unfortunate. But um, I also have a question. Like, so I, I remember one of my Christian friends told me, you know, like, who do we think we are to be able to kind of like talk to God directly? We don't have that, um, like, superiority we don't have that power to be able to um conversate with god directly we have to speak to god through someone else to speak to god because we don't have them i don't know like we, we're not worthy enough to uh talk to god because god is the almighty and since we are just humans it's it's kind of like um too proud or too like prideful of us i guess i don't know if i'm making sense but too prideful of us to speak to god directly um and I'm just thinking, like, but, like, we know in Islam that Allah is closer to us than our jugular vein. So, like, how can we, you know, be apart from the divine when he is literally within us, you know? And But my question is, like, why do you need to go to a, a priest to 
forgive sins like what is the like idea behind like you know going to another person to unlock the door of repentance when in, in islam we are taught that like repentance is just through you know open heart-to-heart -heart communication with allah because allah knows what we're thinking anyways but that's the mm -hmm. truth in christianity as well like the, the the god in christianity knows what you're thinking he knows he created you so doesn't it make sense that he knows my thoughts so i can repent to him like why would that be a problem because of course this is an artificial institution this was this didn't exist in the early christian history there was no actually there was no christianity for a few decades after jesus was dead this was just a new judaism because there was no like jesus didn't say i came to create christianity this doesn't exist right so it was uh, basically created by the church and after i th i'm not sure i'm maybe butchering this but i think after the second or third council in the 400 something where they decided like okay we will have a trinity and uh, we'll have this system where the priest uh, is there and uh, you go to him to forgive the sins and this is what created the reformation where the protestant in the 1600 they said like this doesn't make sense like why would we need to do this because people were actually buying out sins so people went to the priest and they gave him money and he would then forgive the sin like this was this was happening in europe so this created conflict like this is clearly not what god wanted this is like too human uh this is like cheating so the the one part of the church said like we're breaking up this protestant i think this is what netherlands have like pro protestant uh yeah. and catholics were like no we we want to keep this so this is what we have catholic so you see these these issues clearly and um yeah so i don't know i don't know who who came up with this idea like who, whose idea was it but it's not uh anything that jesus said or anything that was uh from the original apostles this was like a like well, like a system artificially built by the church like many systems in church you know so yeah doesn't make much sense though <laughs> yeah yeah i think i also had an issue with um you know confessing in the sense that to a person um I, I mean in i was a catholic also before i mean in the sense that i used to say my night prayers at home talking to mm. god and of course you know we associate jesus as god at, at the time uh, but now it's like i know I, I have a feeling that i've i'm more closer to jesus in the sense in islam because i'm actually doing the things that he does like you know it says in the bible where he would put his head down and pray yeah. uh, in the garden of gethsemane and you know he's speaking aramaic and we're speaking arabic and they're just sister language so somehow i feel there's a stronger connection to jesus in islam that's one of the reasons why i felt a, a deeper faith uh, when i when i embrace islam that's for my my experience in, in the mercy so mm. um moving on to the next question yeah <laughs> so from from atheism did you, you know try to find out about other religion and what made you come to islam how did islam attract you you know from an atheist perspective how did islam come into your life yeah i was pretty much sure i'm gonna be like secular forever like most people like why would i even look at religion if all of them are scam so i was never looking at any religion after being an atheist i was just focused on my career making money or you know doing other things so like i think this happened when i was 16 and i was 28 so like 12 years of just completely abandoning any moral guideline any compass and you can imagine all the haram it comes with that just destroying your spirit like heavily 
um, and creating this depression like all the time, uh, this sense of meaninglessness, you know, that you get if you live this lifestyle and if you like indulge in the dunya and like really, really go uh, deep in alcohol or in different drugs or whatever, uh, it just gives you this empty feeling all the time. And so you find meaninglessness and then you study philosophy or I was doing like some some things and it just affirms this like like there's no answer in this life you will forever just you just die you're nothing worthless so let's just like let's just do this and it creates like this idea of like suicide like these harmful things in in your you know uh subconscious so yeah i was very depressed uh, there was time in my life where i was like uh, i had these uh, headaches and i fainted at the workplace i had to go to hospital there was like a couple of months where I couldn't eat. I couldn't like do nothing. It was just like this misery of life. Like this life is pointless. Like there's no sense to even wake up, to even do nothing because it doesn't on that worldview. Why would you wake up like to, to make money? Why to, to buy a house? Why to have a nice life? Why, 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 mm -hmm. what, what is, where does it lead? What's the point of all this? Um, and so you're looking for like, what's the meaning of life? But people are telling you, this is a bad question. Like this, there's no meaning to life. Everyone's kind of like on board with that. So it just gets you more and more depressed into this wormhole of just like nightmarish nihilism. And nihilism is like, I'm pretty sure you know, because Friedrich Nietzsche was a, was a nihilist, right? So, and I think he died when he bumped into a horse, right? And he became mm. crazy. Uh, so that basically <laughs> just leads to like crazy, crazy depression. And, and it seems like there's no way out of this. And there's just this cloud of depression and you just continue to drink, continue to do haram. Um, and you just never find any light. Uh, you just kind of try to buy something new or something. It's just like a very surface level existence and like pointless. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, and that's kind of lifestyle of most people I know, like 90% of my friends live this lifestyle. I know they feel this deep inside, but they just don't want to admit it. So. Um, I came across then a couple of, uh, I was never looking at religions. Religions are made up. I didn't believe any. So I just thought like philosophy maybe is a way out or meditation or all these things. So I start. I lost like 20 kilograms of weight. I started to self-improve, wow. right? So I started to like, okay, I need to lose weight. I need to become fit. So that's what I did. Then I was like, I need to make money. And so I have a company and I have another company and I was like doing some entrepreneur um, and I was like happy because I was like succeeding, right? So I was like, yeah, that's good. But like, it's still pointless. <laughs> I need to find something that's real. Um, so I was doing meditation. I was doing these like breathing techniques and all this stuff that people try today to kind of feel something, you know, because they are like miserable. Uh, then, um, yeah, just going to nature and all these things. And at some point I was like, this is all still <laughs> kind of chasing something that I can't chase. Like, what am I doing here? And I was, uh, I was never looking at anything, but I came across a couple of videos on YouTube, I think, about like Islam, but it wasn't like about Islam, it was like an aspect. So for example, I think I saw a video, it's like, why is music haram? I was like, what, is, what a strange idea. Let me, let me watch this. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I wanna know what this guy says. And as yeah. he explained it in 20 minutes, this, uh, this, uh, this guy, mashallah, I was like, man, he's making a lot of sense. Like he makes a lot of sense. And I just don't want to admit that it's the truth, but I, I, I can't find any logical reason why he's not saying the truth, but I just can't, I mean, this, this is crazy, right? So I just went on and I slowly became uh, looking up these Islamic videos and I just saw the truth in it, the purity, the truth, 
but the truth is like very in conflict with what you believe at that time so it's just like hmm, i know this is like probably true but i don't know i can't change like this is like changing my whole existence you know so i was just looking at it looking at it and after a few months i I, I finally I, I understood something like okay Allah exists maybe maybe there's this Tawhid and I got into these cosmological arguments and these philosophical debates about the existence of God and necessary being and what are his attributes and I started watching a lot of these debates for hours and I'm mapping out these arguments like where are they making mistakes like this is not truth and I couldn't find it I couldn't really find the mistake with some of these uh, cosmological or arguments from contingency or arguments from uh you know uh, different philosophical views and i was just upset about it because i was like well this all leads to like some necessary being and i think i believe in this i don't know and then i was like well maybe but why islam like what what does islam have to do with this like maybe there's something beyond the universe which created the big bang uh but why islam and then it still sounded crazy to me like if that if you told me then like there's there's angels and there's this like i would be like oh nonsense <laughs> like don't <laughs> tell me about this like uh, so you have to be very careful right so i was like um i wasn't looking at the quran at the time but i was looking at a tawhid or like looking at what who is allah like what is what is this um and then i remember i was jogging outside and i i, I had this moment of like uh, everything coming together everything came together basically in this like second i don't know what happened and i just it was like my fitra got awakened like i can't explain it i'll never feel this again probably and it was just like islam is true there's like that's it like it's true i just need to submit somehow i don't know how it's gonna take me but i can't i i see it now like everything made sense i saw the grass i saw the birds everything just started to make sense to me um and it was just from a couple of videos and these cosmological arguments because I knew now at that point, I think I was a deist. So I accepted that, okay, atheism doesn't make sense because there's these contradictions. You get into like these infinity chains of logical reasoning. So there must be like this un independent necessary being which everything depends upon. That's the causal link. And from there, it's just like making that link to Islam is very easy because you look at the other religions and you see like polytheism all over it. And you see like okay well hinduism can't be the truth or buddhism can't be the truth because there's no god in buddhism or uh you look at judaism but like why do rabbis argue with god why do they win arguments over god that doesn't make sense right mm -hmm. or why do they reject jesus right so like yeah um and then look at christians like why do they reject uh prophet muhammad peace be upon him like why would, why would they do that uh it's the same that the jews did the christians it's the same thing right you just reject the next prophet uh and then i was like okay i need to read the quran so uh i got the slovak actually translation i read it i was already kind of on board with it but i was mm -hmm. like man i'm not doing my shahada this is crazy like i'm the mm -hmm. only muslim here <laughs> like i'm not gonna <laughs> do this this is like too crazy right uh but i knew like it's the truth like allah was saying this is the truth you do with it what you want you accept or you don't, don't accept it it's up to you and it took me like a few months and but for a few months i was like okay i know this is true but i'm gonna ignore it i'm just still gonna do the high end stuff and i'm just still gonna do the dunya and uh forget about islam but then there was one evening uh, 11 months ago basically like new year's eve last year and we were just drunk basically and i was like 
coming home and I was like looking at myself and I was just like looking at one of the reminders, Islamic reminder of the purpose of life or whatever it was. And this Sheikh, he was just saying like something deep about like, like when you die, you know, like death is all over. Like you, you every second, you, you, know, you don't know when you die and you should only die in the state of Islam. Like if you die in the state of uh, intoxication, if you die on this, this is how you're going to be resurrected. Like this is, this is no joke. Like you should, if you know this is the truth, like the sooner the better you should do the Shahada because, you know, and at that point I already knew there's shaitan and all these things. And so I was just like, what am I doing here? What am I living this, this life of like meaninglessness? Let me just try the Islam thing. So I didn't do the Shahada, but for two months I said, okay, no alcohol, no pork, nothing. And I'm praying. Let me try it. So I tried it for two months, pray five times a day. I didn't know how to say Al-Fatiha. I didn't know what this would do. I broke it many times. You know, I just tried it like, so it's not such a big jump. Like when you do the Shahada, now you need to do this. So I wanted to ease my way into it. And I was already calling my family members to say like, hey, I'm looking at Islam, be ready. <laughs> like it's going to happen. <laughs> like, uh, you know, calling my mom, my grandmothers, they were like, oh, this guy's crazy. And then <laughs> after a few months, I was like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I can play Fajr. I know I still didn't understand the difference between ours. There's so much confusion in Islam, by the way, in terms of like uh, having a cohesive way to learn it, as, especially as a revert coming from like this background, very difficult. There's no like yeah. textbook, there's no resource, easy. And I was like, subhanAllah. Um, and so, but I, I understood the prayer is the core. Like if you get the prayer down, okay, the, the, the rest, it's going to be okay. But mm. if you don't get the prayer, you're going to struggle. Um, and so, and though, I think it was like February or March. I said like, okay, I'm going to do Shahada. I did the Shahada just at home. And then I said, okay, I need to do it really. So I did it with a Sheikh and a couple of guys uh, in the square. And that's it. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a Muslim. Just let's see what happens. So I think it's more about then removing the haram. So removing, stop watching porn, stop doing this, to stop uh, drinking, stop, and, and just slowly removing the bad things. You don't need to add good things yet. Just remove the bad things, you know, because you have so many bad things in your life as a non-Muslim, you know. You don't even know they are bad. That's the thing. Like, what's wrong with watching porn? Nothing. According to atheism, there's nothing wrong with it. But you know, as a Muslim, there's plenty of wrong with this. There's many things wrong with it. So like all these things have to be cut out and they are all hardwired through dopamine in your brain. So like you mm. need to like really work on yourself. And this takes months. So mashallah, that was kind of like uh, how I got to Shahada. <laughs> Mashallah, I think Mashallah. it's also quite tricky. Tricky now, like you know, uh, talking about haram. I mean, you have zero uh, percent alcohol, beer. <laughs> or, or, or I mean impossible pork um, you know it's made of vegetable but it's pork I, I don't know it's called pork impossible pork but it's not pig so mm -hmm. I don't know we're living in quite confusing times right now I think yeah. <laughs> so um, I mean I, I think that's a very beautiful story brother I mean uh, honestly you know it blew my mind um, but um, what is the one thing okay, let's say if I'm uh, uh, completely new to Islam what is the truth of the meaning of life i mean in your opinion in your perspective right you were kind of searching for truth and and you got stumbled upon it when you heard some videos and eventually led you to read the quran and eventually became becoming a muslim so what was the discovery that you found in islam that you know encapsulate the meaning of life 
truth what what is it actually well, i think from some one perspective is the the meaning of life uh, at least this is me like don't quote me on this uh, is to recognize allah as your creator and try to build a relationship with him before you die that's it because once you do that allah will build a relationship with you in jannah and that's what you want uh, that's as easy as i can put it uh, of course all the other things doing good deeds everything helps but why because you recognize you've been created by allah and allah is the supreme he is the all-knowing all-seeing he knows everything and the entire purpose of this creation is to like he even says in the quran that hey do you think we've created human beings for fun for sports for play no there's a purpose why we created human beings and yeah. it's the ones who freely choose to build relationships with us or to freely choose to submit by praying by giving in charity by fasting doing all these things those are the winners they will get a reward which no eye has ever seen no ear has ever heard and all these things so that's the purpose beyond this i don't know like what in terms of jannah and what's happening next only allah knows there's no one who's gonna know so um yeah i think that's as easy as i can put it um and mm. it makes sense because you can never lose this you it's not something you can chase and get it and then you're done with it like everything else in this life you forever have to kind of have it on the top of your mind like uh, why you're doing what you're doing why you're getting married because of allah i i got married right so i i was like i this is the big problem with reverse i have the girlfriend for seven years right mm -hmm. so we live in apartment everything and i become muslim <laughs> so she's not very happy about this right like what does it mean well this is haram now this is haram this relationship right now <laughs> and it's like subhanallah what do we do because i can't just go back to just not touching her or something like doesn't make sense we already live together right so i mean this is like maybe controversial but it just takes weeks and then we said like okay we need to do the nikah she's a christian it's allowed we need to do the nikah there's no way yeah. we can do, live like this i feel bad i feel immoral um we did the nikah she said and then we said like okay we do the real wedding then in like a celebration but then the kids what, the, what about the kids they have to be the muslim they have to be muslim now because of the father subhanallah another blow because her family is super christian um <laughs> the wedding can be in church as every other mm. wedding can be in church oh another problem <laughs> all these layers of problems start stacking up so you know whatever yeah. but now it's it's all good but it's it wasn't easy you know all this like you know like okay i need to change many things in my life now well, how do I do this? Yeah. So yeah, it's not easy. I think you, you touched on a very interesting part on the challenges that you're facing when you first revert. But before we go there, just coming back to the, the truth part, why mm -hmm. why Islam is the only religion that you see gives you this truth and no other religion is able to also present you with this uh, truth? Okay. Well, uh, the, there's many reasons. The first would be Tawheed, so the concept of oneness of Allah. There's no thing, such a thing in any other religion. So, uh, because you need to actually, like, my mom doesn't get this, or no one, like, why do you need to fast? Like, can't you just, like, skip a day? Like, no one will know. And I'm like, no, but, like, Allah will know. Like, I truly believe Allah is all-seeing. And she's like, why do you, like, she doesn't understand how, how someone can have a belief system like that. Because you don't have it as a Christian. You can cheat you can do this and you forgive oh, okay but like as a muslim you're like no this is like firmly in my heart it's because of tawhid it's because of the 
prayers and everything so the relationship with that you have with god in islam is much deeper and that's one thing so that's major thing why is it true because besides all the rational logical reasons you have this metaphysical spiritual things in your life and i'm sure some of you had it that you had like this experience or through i don't know what but like i had a dream in ramadan very real dream uh that i it was like life-changing and many of these things happened in my life and um so this spiritual first-hand experience which is much much more let's say powerful than any rational argument i can give you that's one reason like i know allah exists i don't need any proof i know it um so the other proofs uh all the cosmological arguments all the arguments you can think from philosophy for the necessary being uh, they all point to one god you can't have four gods so they all come to one god and then it's easy to see like okay which god is it there's only three options christian judaism or muslim which one makes more sense if there's concept of tawhid well it's definitely allah it's not the three in one or one in three because there's many contradictions that then uh, contradict the theory especially when it comes to something like all-powerful somebody who has a will how can you have three wills in one person there's a, there's, a, there's a problem here like which one is the most powerful then and there can be only one more powerful so then there's only one so it's always coming back to this oneness um and then the preservation of the quran one thing um uh and just uh, uh because islam gives you this spiritual thing and then also real world uh let's say uh, as i mentioned uh, with regards to reba banking judiciary system like very practical things and it's very detailed um and so how can this be like this this is not possible to create this system from just like someone who didn't read or write this there's books there's libraries written just on sharia and this is not like made up this is like very detailed uh and it makes sense uh especially like sometimes something may be like strange like when you look at the concept of blood money or all these things but if you think about it it does make sense there's the concept of 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 all these rulings it's it's beyond rational sometimes and so yeah and just uh, yeah i don't know i missed maybe a couple of other reasons but uh uh yeah i think it's it's yeah. a combination of these and there's no conflict between like let's say science per se i i'm not saying like there's complete uh uh relationship with evolution or something of course it's not but it doesn't go against everything that science says um and you know so all these things i mean there's problems in islam i mean not with islam with the application of islam especially with the political islam sometimes of course we have to admit this like look at the world it's a mess but uh this is not about islam this this is the humans trying to figure out uh, uh, and implement something which is from god so it's always going to be tricky but um, yeah. yeah but yeah right. uh, that's it i have a, I have a few wow. questions well said um yeah yep. so uh namely with, when you were a nihilist um did you experience any panic attacks when it's a personal question but you know uh, when you didn't believe in anything were the nights where you were just like uh you know i don't know what to do with my life uh i want to die or you know anything of that sort because i had those yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh, that was the depression for about nine to ten months uh it was constant uh i wouldn't even say panic uh, some panic panic attacks but some even like 
even worse things like i fainted or i wasn't yeah, able yeah. to even do anything it was just complete i couldn't work i so i went to work there's like laptop i couldn't even look at the screen everything was hurting me i didn't see meaning in nothing so yeah yeah, yeah. all these things yeah and and did those stop when you uh, became a muslim uh they stopped before they stopped before uh, -huh. uh because uh it was i think about this but also it was more psychological because there were some issues with my psychology maybe that i didn't come to terms with and i just had to kind of confront my fear so uh it was related to my health problems uh that i didn't like uh, address for a couple of years and so mm -hmm. i basically what i had to do i had to say like okay i'm gonna die probably and i, I went to the doctor and then it everything went okay but i was ready to die and that's when it went away so yeah. i was like it wasn't religious but it was like confronting death like being ready to die and that's yeah. kind of like um something I did a couple of times in my life when I was like, okay, I might die here. And that's kind of like a wake up call always. Like uh, yeah. when you have like, a, let's say near death experience or something like that, that's yeah. when you realize what's really important. Yeah. It's mm. heavy stuff now. Yeah. But no, that's really heavy. So I think it's very well yeah. said. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, brother, Sander. No, no, I was just wondering, uh, uh, this is uh, kind of off topic, but did you, do you have any preference for any specific school of thought, specific method, or? Well, uh, I'm just looking into the four madhabs. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't really dived deeper. I, I signed up for the Arabic class, and so that's what I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, I, I, I don't follow a specific madhab right now. Mm -hmm. I know Maliki, Hanafi, Ashari, and all these. Uh, I think. Most of them are have consensus of many things. There's these differences in terms of is fish halal or is this halal? Like, yeah. Okay, I'm just. Uh, I think for a new Muslim going into madhabs very very problematic. Right. I recommend it first year. That's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like maybe second year or something, but uh, yeah. don't worry about madhabs or then even even worse, looking at Salafism versus Sufi versus all mm. this. This is too much. This is like you just need to pray. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's very well said. I think um, just for, to help some of our guests who, are, who just came in, you know, in summary, you know, brother uh, Jan here who shared with us, basically, he was first brought into the faith of Catholicism when he was a baby and, you know, it didn't make a lot of sense to him over time. He was just a Christian by name, but not Christian by faith in that sense. He did not know much about Christianity. He kind of like disagreed with certain things over there. And eventually he became an atheist because he find that it makes more sense to, to you know, live life as an atheist then. And afterwards, he started to see some videos which actually brought him to look at you know, the meaning of life and he started to question a lot about his own life and how it sorry brother yeah no, i just wanted it? to say also with regards yeah. to atheism or living this yeah. life um you you do believe in something even at that state you do believe in human rights or you do believe in um harm harm principles so that you should maximize freedom maximize your pleasure you do have certain beliefs that you adopted uh, without any thought into it so you just adopted them because in that state, you don't have problems with anything because you don't have any value, real morality. So you're just adopting anything that society is doing and maybe something like, okay, pedophilia, too much. But anything less than that, I'm taking it. I don't have a problem with it. Why? It's not mm. harming me. Like, that's the logic. So you can never have a problem. You can always adopt any 
think yeah. in that mindset. So all I had to do was look at my <laughs> worldview and say, like, do I really believe something? Like, <laughs> what do I believe here? Like, I have no belief system. And is this the truth? Like, uh, and then just looking at uh, these worldview and uh, comparing it with other things and finding the truth. Like, okay, well, what is the truth when it comes to, I don't know, drinking alcohol or doing these things? Like, what's the reality of it without any bias? And when you look at it, you see like, okay, well, what I actually believe doesn't make sense. Even though many people think it does, it actually has no background. And the only sort of... Uh, base of my worldview is some philosopher john locke who said these things in whatever a few hundred years ago but he just made it up from his head or jeremy bentham and they adopted it in the in the uk and then in the whole europe this is not like something that's true like even they had like <laughs> slaves or something like this there's so many problems with this ideology uh so yeah so you just have to kind of scrutinize your own belief system at some point uh as a liberal atheist which mostly this is what yeah. people are. And de develop some form of critical thinking and then eventually start to ask yourself the important questions and you'll start yeah, to Because you, you believe you're right. At that stage, you believe like I'm right. Everyone else is wrong. Like clearly atheism is true. Clearly progressiveness, progressing morality is truth. But is that the case? Did morality progress over time? What's the, <laughs> what's the truth yeah. about this? Do yeah. you know, and then when you start reading books about like tribes in Native America, uh, Native American tribes, who when somebody came to them, they were actually like feeding them and giving them blanket and like, hold on, there's no like conflict. There's no conflict in nature that uh, Rene Descartes said or whoever came, uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau said like, there's this conflict, there's this primordial, primordial nature of man that they all want to kill each other. This is why we need state. There's no, no no such a thing like this. This is all mythical. Mm -hmm. this, there's no evidence for this ever existed. People lived in family groups and they were nice to each other. Then, of course, there's war and all these things. But morality doesn't evolve with time. Yes, civilization does, like technology. But moral values, they don't have to evolve with time. They can decline. Like what happened in Germany in the 1930s, if the German society was the peak technologically and it dropped morality morality dropped beneath anything right so how do yeah. you explain that it should just keep increasing everybody should be nicer but it drops <laughs> so how can morality fluctuate then what does it doesn't exactly. make, make sense yeah. so it's not progressive at, at all it's there's a set of moral values and anything that deviates from it it's either going up or down so it's pretty simple when you see it like that you know Wow, I mean, you really said something very beautiful here. I mean, we look at technology, and I mean, in today's time, if we were to relate it to technology, we are progressing very fast. You know how advanced we are as a society, but I mm -hmm. think we have been robbed from our own moral code of you know how we understand life. I think you know these days we kind of have lesser connection with people. I mean, given that now we're in coronavirus kind of pandemic situation yeah. we don't really see people face to face now due to the pandemic so i mean we, we still see some of our friends face to face but don't we do feel there's a lack of connection with people now you know yeah, well people conflate technological progress with moral progress so yeah. any civilization that advances clearly must be more moral and but this is not true this yeah. is not true by any exactly. stretch of if you measure any you can take any atheistic scientists into this this is not the case, but people think like this, like anyone who's the more advanced, they have the, the superior morality. And it's also strange, right? 
Yeah. I mean, it's so strange that uh, the, the West, namely, comes with these new ideas, these new ideologies every, like, what, 40 years, and then it is presented as the truth to the rest of the world, uh, presented as the absolute moral high point, and then it changes after 40 years. I'm like, you know, if, if your truth was the truth, then how come how come it changes? I guess it's, it's, yeah. it's just such a weird thing, and it happens time and time again, so... I very much agree with what you just said. Well, so, it's yeah. because like you have, um, so they completely disregard any spiritual thing. So you have just materialistic worldview. And so yeah. you can take it as a communism. That's a Western ideology, actually. So yeah. communism was invented by Marx in Germany and adopted by Russians. And they take it and say, like, we want to build Dunya in, in uh, we want to build Jenna in Dunya. So no yeah. work, no nothing. Let's strip everybody. There's no uh, private property, nothing. Let's do this. And the others say, no, no, this is completely wrong. And so everybody comes up with their own idea, but the whole, they all share, even communism, socialism, capitalism, liberalism, all these isms, they all share one thing. They are all focused on the dunya. And anything yeah. that's focused on the dunya will never, will never, it, can, it cannot create anything because there will always be conflict in this world. And so that's why you have to then look at religion. There's the only alternative you have because uh, these systems don't go anywhere. And then when you look at Islam and you see like, wait a minute, Islam even has like this economics banking system. Islam even has this social, this zakat system that allows people to not pay taxes. Let's say in Saudi Arabia, they don't have any corporate tax. And then you, you just fund everything from zakats. Like, mm, this is really interesting. Like, so Islam is like a comprehensive view. And then you can clearly see it. Uh, if you look at it like from the bird's eye view of all systems that exist, uh, plus it connects you to the creator, what a what a benefit, <laughs> you know? Like what a benefit, what, yeah. Well, you have everything in Islam, you know. How do I implement it? I don't know, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mashallah. I think you said it very beautifully. It's that uh, Islam really gives you success in this life and in the hereafter, in that That's sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, and uh, challenges. So uh, you you mentioned about the girlfriend part so how did you overcome that I, I believe like a lot of us who are reverts right probably had a relationship going on before we're not thinking about islam and mm. now we, we are muslim now <laughs> then this is like wrong so how 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 did you overcome that well, it wasn't that difficult because we've been together for seven years so it was kind of expected to get married right so i just speeded it up because i was like hey, let's do this and we're gonna do it with the sheikh and valley uh, wali or what you call this and then mahar and all these things uh -huh. and it was very simple it's like five minutes and that's it like islamic wedding is the most simplest thing ever uh so i just needed to make it halal and it's halal and that's that's great so it wasn't really that difficult the difficulty came in during the wedding procedure when the sheikh said like no 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 we thought the wedding can be in church and all these things and um he said no it's it cannot be and you have to decide about kids now and it was like very she was crying it was very emotional because she had to either decide between being with me or you know going away because there's no and it was just like, just like i know she has to she has to let's say she has to change for me like she has to submit to basically not me but like uh <laughs> let's say uh it's, submit it's me. to me woman <laughs> no 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 i'm, I'm saying like <laughs> she, she needs to get rid of 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 maybe her idea of what the wedding would be because of my now religion right and so it's mm -hmm. her sacrifice and i appreciate mm -hmm. it because i didn't right. sacrifice for her she did for me and that's great i don't think many people can have this like so i'm mm -hmm. very happy um 
and you know so it's not mm. uh, easy yeah so so i mean like i mean in the west people would say this is quite restrictive right like she has to convert because of your wedding and so well, she form, didn't right? convert right she yeah. she basically she's still christian but she mm -hmm. she accepted that the kids will be muslim and she accepted that the wedding will be not in church she accepts halal everything she knows everything so, so you know mm -hmm. yeah so for, for get... this how did you um you know explain to her parents or something <laughs> yeah <that's a> <laughs> you're strong Christians, right? yeah. yeah yeah i mean uh, you know um it was it was pretty difficult. Um, so I make I started also a YouTube channel in my language. So I explain things um, explain things in my language. So because there's nothing like this in our language. So anything right. you can get about Islam is in English only. And people speak English, but older generation doesn't. So if mm -hmm. I want to explain it, so I take these great videos, these like perfect graphic videos, and I uh, I basically dab them in Slovak language or I change it a bit and so it wow. looks good and it's in slovak and i replace all the words like sahaba salallahu alayhi salam all these things people don't know what this means anytime right. me say something arabic it's gonna be like what is this so i need to replace all these small things because we may not realize it but it's very confusing to people when you say something yeah. like that like what you're saying what's what's about what like all these things are you know different concepts so that's what i'm trying to do trying to explain to my family and everybody and it kind of works so yeah. Oh, Marshall, thanks. Uh, I mean, all the effort that you put in to help explain, you know, what this faith is. I mean, yeah. the media doesn't do a lot of justice to it. Sorry, brother, yeah. it's kind of you had some questions. Sorry, I was interrupted. Oh, yeah, but I have a different question now. I mean, okay. I mean, you, you're trying to translate these concepts, right? I, I'm guessing that in Catholic, in Catholic uh, uh, words, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of them like can be translated directly, I think. For example, the word inshallah, you can say like something like Deo Volente or something, right? I, I'm guessing you did something like that or how did you go about translating these terms? Well, yeah, I mean, you just kind of replace them or completely yeah. delete them. So it's mm -hmm. just a couple of these things. Uh, yeah, and I reword the sentences. So I don't say exactly what they say yeah, to okay. make it more for our culture or for our language, you know, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. So, um, do you have any, you know, advice for newborn, you know, new Muslims who are new to religion, or maybe an even an atheist or someone who's just like, you know, waltzing through life? <laughs> maybe how how do you come to a point of finding truth, or why is it important, you know, to really know the meaning of life? Well, I mean, all guidance is from Allah, so I can give you any sort of argument you want, but. If you don't accept it in your heart, like it's kind of like I don't, I can do nothing in my own way. I can just share the message. So, if someone's accepted it, if you ask me about like what to do next, if they are doing the shahada, well, even before that, I would say, yeah, I would say just, uh, yeah, I was like on, I had this note on my calendar, like do the shahada next week, and I always pushed it, pushed it because I was always <laughs> like scared, like what does this mean? They're gonna kill me or whatever, and it's just like. Uh, no, like do it because like uh, the more you prolong it, the the less maybe your conviction will be and you need to do it. So, uh, so yeah, I would just say if you know Islam is the truth and you're kind of in this couple of months, you've been thinking about it, you don't, uh, you don't know what to do, you know, yeah, just do the Shahada, but 
you know, prepare for it. So at least what I did, like already know, probably it's better to already know how to pray, already know what you're, mm -hmm. you're too expected to do, already know like there's Ramadan coming, you need to know how to fast maybe, or, you know, take it slow. Like if you drink alcohol, okay, try to cut it. Maybe if you can't cut it completely, try to limit it, try to and start doing these things before. I know this is like, well, no, they have to limit it, everything. No, well, yes, but like this is not possible. Like people, when the Quran was revealed for 23 years and when the Prophet was teaching Islam, he was teaching about Tawheed and Allah first and then about how to pray and then about fasting. And then so it kind of goes on top of each other. You don't put everything, you know, on a person because it, they're going to apostate quickly if they yeah. don't have a support system. And so, for example, I didn't have any support. Uh, I don't think it's good. So you should have yeah. uh, some support. And so, yeah, you just do the Shahada. And then as soon as you can, find the nearest mosque. I live in big city, so there's three mosques here. So I'm lucky, mashallah. And uh, I just joined the mosque, very scared. I thought terrorists are there going to kill me, <laughs> cut my head off. Nothing happened. They're all my friends now. But they are like, you know, born Muslims are different. Yeah. Like they are from Al Algeria. They have these big beards. And they just like shout, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, but once you get to know them, once you get to know yeah. them, you see like they're fine. But it looks like you know you see on the news all these things, and you're like, oh, these are, these guys are crazy. What am I doing? <laughs> but um, it's all fine because they're of course all mosques are run by immigrants. There's no native Muslims here. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So once are you, you talking about Czech or are you talking about Slovak? Czech, Czech and Slovak both basically. Okay, right. Uh, so. Mm. I would just join the mosque and I wouldn't join it for just Juma. Like try to adopt Friday as Juma, of course, but this is again, yeah. not the main thing at all. Try to learn to pray, how to do the voodoo. This is like good because I, I thought I know the voodoo and I had to redo it three times. I didn't know the rules, what breaks it. Like there's so many things you need to learn. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I would join the Isha prayers twice, three times a week. Yeah. Uh, because there's less people and you can become friends. If you go to Juma, there's going to be 100 people and you will not meet many. You'll be yeah. like one face in the crowd. But well, when you go to like a prayer and there's like five, six of you, they will ask you, oh, you're new Muslim? Okay, let me... And they will help you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and if somebody's, if someone's like very pushy, just ignore that or whatever. There's always some weird people. But uh, yeah. most of them will be fine, especially talk to someone in your age group. So like I've made many friends who are like 30, like me or 28 and they all get it. Like uh, it's uh, so, yeah. And just being around them and then slowly cha changing your circle of friends, which is kind of difficult, but just hanging out in the mosque, going out for tea, let's say whatever, uh, playing football with them or anything you can do to hang out with them. So you don't feel like you're, you're like a stranger because you are in your community, at work, at family, everywhere you are kind of like weird. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. you should surround yourself with them because if you don't, you're going to be kind of like in this state of like, what am I? <laughs> well, I'm a, I think I'm a Muslim, but I still feel I'm not. Like, what am I doing here? Like right. one, one, one leg is in the Muslim world, one leg is in the non-Muslim world. Uh, you know, I still celebrate Christmas. I still do this, but I, I believe in this, you know, and you, you'll have this cognitive dissonance and at some point you can drive you crazy and you just say, and you start sinning. Once you start mm -hmm. sinning, you just say, well, what's holding me back? This Islam thing, let me, let me just abandon it and go back to the dunya, you know? So that's what you want to avoid. You need to build like really strong Akida and faith and mm -hmm. like have a strong foundation.
So don't just believe Islam is truth because of whatever experience you had. That's good. Yeah. But you need mm -hmm. rational arguments. That's good. You need other types of reasoning as well. So you need like strong foundation because you will have many problems or doubts. And mm -hmm. when they come, you will have this foundation and it will stop you from leaving even if you can't, you know, let's say yeah. there's some political issue. I don't know. Israel yeah. and Palestine start war again. Yeah. They are in war, right? And you now, some people say you need to do this, and you're like confused. You don't know nothing about this. You've never heard of yeah. this war. That's what happened to me. And now I have mm -hmm. to have a position about it or like, you know, these things will happen in the Muslim world. You're yeah. not part of, you are part of the Ummah, but the Muslim world has its history, all that. It's kind of like secondary. Your primary is going to the Quran and Sunnah and what the Prophet did. Learn that yeah. first. Leave the politics, all the craziness that's going on. Don't even worry about it. But that's mm -hmm. most people will associate that. Loss. It's like all my uncles were like, why are you raping women? Why are you doing <laughs> terrorism? So I had to explain like, hey, this is not really Islam, but okay. Yeah. Let me let me break it down first. So I had to talk about Tawheed. Yeah. yeah. So you're actually Easy advocating like conviction over faith, right? Like course, in the beginning, yeah. we talked about faith. it's more like you're convinced rather than I believe in something. Mm -hmm. It's I mean, that's pretty big, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. So just try to come up with any sort of counter argument and try to figure it out. Like if it's the truth, it will hold. It will yeah. hold against these arguments. If it's not the truth, it will crumble. And so, of course, be careful about these ex-Muslim because sometimes they mix up weird arguments and just... <laughs> make it sound strange like uh, and then you will be confused but you just need to get knowledge like anytime you hear something confusing like uh something about uh, whatever you just go to someone with more knowledge and just say like hey i heard this guy said this what is is this true this hadith and they'll say like no this is like tirmidhi whatever it's not authentic mm -hmm. okay so like you need to know, you don't know nothing about Hadith sciences, so you need to know all these rules and you need someone who's more knowledgeable to tell you. Yeah. You know. But yeah. How, how are you going to do that when you go to, uh, you said you were planning on moving back to Slovakia, right? So if there's no mosque there or there are very few Muslims, then how are you going to find these individuals who can help you with, with your uh, uh, belief? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Uh, so uh basically what i did uh, also one of the first things was to travel to muslim countries so i've been to turkey twice this year for 15 mm. days it's very it's a game-changing experience you hear the adhan you pray you've everything's halal mm -hmm. just uh, just go to that world and see it's actually real and you you are not crazy and then come yeah. back uh and uh yeah and maybe you need to do hijra i don't know maybe you need to move out like that, yeah. that's gonna happen but i was like Basically, I was trying to figure out like what what am I gonna do with this, whether I stay here or not, and I think um, slowly our plan is to go back to Slovakia. And you know, we need we have a mission. So if we can convince fifty thousand people to sig to have a signature, we can build a mosque and make it official. And I think it's not gonna. It's it sounds like crazy challenge, but I think it's mashallah, everything is possible. And I think uh, you know. I could also help uh, with some mosque or something because of my companies and stuff. So I think I'm in kind of good position to help my country, mm -hmm. uh, like uh, create the pamphlets. I've, I've written a book about the cosmological arguments for like mm -hmm. dummies. So everyone uh -huh. can understand intellectual faith based on yeah. like rational reasons, all these things and the videos. So I think 
overall this can help um and change slightly the culture towards this so that's what i see maybe i'm wrong uh and then of course i want to study so i i first i I'm, i'm trying arabic and then i i will probably do some online courses in akida or in islamic banking or law but mm-hmm. uh, for now i just need arabic like 101 uh, to get that um so it is slowly slowly kind of progressing somewhere uh, but yeah. my base is my base i think my base is solid i i don't need like conviction about basic things mm-hmm. i'm now trying to build this second layer of conviction not conviction but this knowledge okay, what within islam okay there's many things yeah. within islam okay what am i gonna do what what right. am, what am i gonna follow you know yeah mm-hmm. Mashallah, I think Mashallah. Uh, you give a very good point, especially on the point that we should take it progressively, especially if you're new to the religion. And I believe you just uh, recently, you mentioned in your, bi- in your biography, right, that you just reverted this year sometime in, in February or March. Mm-hmm. That the time? So it's now been a few months as a Muslim. Um, have, you know, is there, my final question is basically, is there a difference now, right after you've taken your Shahada, um, comparing to how, who you were before. I mean, I believe, you know, when you were originally as a Christian, right, you have a set of rules, but it wasn't so, it was really carefree. You can do most yeah. of the things that you want to do. And then as an atheist, again, you you have even more freedom then to do more, more of the things that you want to do. And now, you know, you're into a more technically, like, you know, people say it's a restrictive form of uh, restricting yourself in this religion. Um, that change is very drastic, right? Comparing to your life before. Um, that change, is it a good change? Has it, you know, made you a better person now as a Muslim? Is there any difference to, to who you are today? when you? Yeah, so as you said exactly, your question was what you want to do. So like, is what you want to do actually good for you? Let's look at the evidence. <laughs> like, it, what people want to do is mostly harmful to their behavior. What they have to do, they have to do some work, they have to do some things. But once they have free time, they do haram because that's what they want to do. And that's their desires taking over and driving them to some behavior which may lead to some negative effects on society or on themselves. They harm themselves mostly, right? And so it's really finding out like, why are we even asking this question? what is why is what i want to do good for me like your parents like you have a child the child wants to i don't know eat candy do you allow it to eat candy forever no like you restrict it because it's not not because you hate the kid it's because you you know it will lead them to a bad let's say outcome and you know something that the child doesn't know so the child is ignorant about the candy he just knows it's sweet but it doesn't know that after 20 candies it will create some stomach pain or whatever and it will become fat <laughs> or, or it will have these problems and the candy will not taste as sweet as it used to and so the parent knows this that's why they restrict the candy let's say after a while and it they do it from love they don't do it from like haram you don't eat candy <laughs> it's because like they know something this kid doesn't know the same with allah he knows things you and i never will know so any ruling that comes from him if he's the source of truth and all the knowledge it's for your own benefit it's because you're protecting your own soul from harming yourself you're not harming allah you're harming yourself uh you can't harm allah allah doesn't need us so that's something you need to clearly clearly understand and so Every ruling in Islam is for your own benefit. And once you implement it, you'll feel better. 
Like I cut drinking, I stopped smoking, I stopped weed, smoking weed. I stopped all these things. And I was like, subhanAllah, there's so many things that changed in my life. Um, I, you know, I did many other things. And uh, of course, I'm a completely different kind of human being. Still the same. But yeah, my, my value system changed. My, you know, everything kind of changed for me. So I would say for sure, I'm a, I'm a more, let's say, moral person because you fear God and then you also try to obey him. And so you, you do sort of like you do more charity than you used to do. You give more money. You, you try to help more people because you see benefit in it. You don't just look at it for yourself. You see like, subhanAllah, this, this can save me on the day of judgment. Let me, let me do this. I don't know which one will save me. So like you do these things, you don't expect anything in return. Or like, I, I'm like thinking about like, okay, because I started this series where I go to European cities and I film like a documentary with Muslims about their neighborhood. So I've been to Berlin, I've been to Brussels. And it's like very, like you have to go with car, buy gas, you have to make camera and spend day and shooting and editing. There's not many views on it, like a few thousand. Like, why am I doing this? SubhanAllah, I'm not, I don't care about this. Like th there's a higher purpose behind this. Uh, and so if you see it like that, your reward system is with Allah. It's not here. And of course, this drives your behavior. This this makes things completely different than you used to do. Because you were, before that, you were um, basically trying to please other people or please whatever yourself or something. But now you're just doing it for Allah. And so that changes everything you do. So I'd say I'm a different in that, that, yeah, everything I do, I try to have a good intention or whatever and of course i i'm not perfect like of course you know like everybody Mashallah. i think wow that's a very well put brother yan and i think you know um you you said it you said it straight to the point uh, like why do we do these videos even right um uh, on on yeah. youtube i mean i believe that it's, it's for for the benefit of people who are interested to know about islam and inshallah i'll be rewarded also and all of us here who are in the show uh sharing our experiences we hope that it benefited everyone here and so now we've come to the end of the show um brother yan yan that's it correctly <laughs> brother yan i think um you know your, your your sharing is really beneficial and profound uh, i think it will touch a lot of uh, people hard inshallah uh, who, who want to be inspired for tonight's event as well and uh, we hope to also bring you back again to the show inshallah one day when we have other topics um do check out brother yan's youtube channel as well and his uh, his one is called debating truth with yan is J-A-N here and you can also check his Instagram um, do follow him as well and give him your support and we have some some of the uh, comments here on the on the comment section someone who actually donated some money to us as well thank you so much for supporting the show uh, inshallah may you be rewarded in this life and hereafter as well I mean and uh, so for everyone out there yeah we uh, we are glad to, to see you again and inshallah we'll see you in the next episode which is in two weeks time um, we'll discuss about Tawheed maybe we'll get brother Yan to, to talk so, <laughs> about Tawheed in history <laughs> yeah because we, we, we have this coffee session we call it like coffee sessions with Muslims and um, we, we have an hour of just chatting about you know certain concepts about Islam and how we think about it and how we apply it in life so that, that is the, the other topic and, and then we go back to revert stories again so we alternate between these two so uh, we, we thank you all for tuning in and we hope to see you all again. 
and assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Assalamualaikum. assalamualaikum.